Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. TheChairShot.com TheChairShot.com Always Always Use your head You are now listening to ChairShot Radio Always Use your head Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to an impromptu wrestling conversation right here on ChairShot Radio, part of the ChairShot Radio Network, a part of the ChairShot.com, where we encourage you to enjoy your day the ChairShot way by always using your head. I am joined today by the kingpin of the ChairShot, the star, believe it or not, of the Greg DeMarco show. It is Greg DeMarco himself. Good morning, Greg. Good morning. How's it going? Oh, fantabulous. But we're not alone, Greg. We're joined by the other star of the Greg DeMarco Show, the co-creator of Bandwagon Nerds, a man who I will be recording with this afternoon as well. He is the wrestling realist, Patrick O'Dowd. And he's also muted, but that's okay. Muted. Good morning, gentlemen. Uh, Happy early morning, Greg. Good Lord, is what, like 7.30 your time? 8 o'clock. Almost 8 o'clock? Yeah. Oh, that's right. The time change hasn't happened yet. Where? Yeah, I would not I, have gone for seven o'clock start time. I just, I'm just thinking about eight, spring forward off. already, and and how that makes the Demarco show really hard for me to record. You still got three months to have to worry about that. Oh, it's so far away, and yet so close. Glad True. to be on this though. Thanks for inviting me, guys. I think this is fun. I, I think uh, this could be the beginning of getting into maybe some of the top five stuff we've done before, but today. Um, we are discussing, and if you read the title, which most people do before they hit play on a podcast, uh, you know we're talking top five WWE, WWF world title reigns. So that includes the WWE, WWF title, and the Universal Championship uh, from basically the day Hogan beat the Iron Sheik at, uh, what was it, WWF on MSG. So you can start the era on January 23rd, 1984, and run it to the current day. And these are our top fives. If you are a listener of Bandwagon Nerds, you know how this goes in the top fives. We just kind of go back and forth in a little bit of a snake draft, revealing our top fives from five up to one. If someone has the same one, we will hold on till the higher seating and talk about that title reign at that time. Gentlemen, comments, questions, concerns before we roll the ball down the hill. We could have done a top 25 and still had a lot of really good title reigns to talk about. Yeah, I mean, to preface like, this, yeah, I mean, yeah, but I, then it would have been Thursday by the time we finished. Right, yes. I mean, it'd be about the length of a bandwagon nerds episode, so oh it would have it would have fit. Which nobody wants to do this morning. Ouch. You, you have one to do in a couple of hours. That's, that's like, fair, why, why do one before you do one? It's a true that's story. True. That's true. Do you guys want to throw out any honorable mentions right away? Um, or should we, let's save those. Let's save those in case they no, don't get they mentioned. No, because they might be on people's for, list. Yeah, yeah, we'll save those for later. So I have three just because... Um, I don't know, I kind of did the smell test. I was telling Patrick, running down the title reins and going, this could be, this could be, and then kind of organizing them. But let's get to it. 
Uh, Greg, we, we discussed the, the order in which we were going, and, and because of my beauty and your age, Patrick O'Dowell will be in the middle, and you will be, be beginning today. <laughs> I'm riding bitch. You have you have beauty, and, and, and I have age, and he has nothing. So, <laughs> I have this so for... Ron Swanson coffee mug, and that's mm. what I've got. Let me tell so you something. There's, there's no wrong way to consume alcohol, son. That's a Ron Swanson coat. It is. So I start off, um, I didn't have this big, huge list, to be honest with you. There were ones that immediately jumped out at me, and that's what I base it off of. It's like which ones immediately come to mind, which ones immediately come to memory. Then I went back and researched just to make sure I had the right reins for certain people and everything else. So the first one for me is 2011's CM Punk 484-day title reign. Yeah, we're gonna, we'll talk about that way down the road here. Uh, Patrick. Okay. <laughs> so... Um, because Greg DeMarco gave me a hard time about uh, bandwagon nerds honorable mentions, I have no honorable mentions. Uh, this takes you all. Uh, but my number five title reign is a personal favorite of mine, and Greg probably won't be surprised to hear it because I argue that it's one of the greatest storylines in the history of the WWF, and that is Macho Man Randy Savage's world title victory at WrestleMania four on March 27, 1988, when he won the tournament, four matches in one night, um, all the way until WrestleMania five, April 2nd, 1989, where he loses to Hogan. Uh, and not so much because of like the number of defenses or who Savage defeated in that whole title reign. To me, it's one of the greatest pieces of long-term storytelling that the WWF ever did from Hogan getting the assist to helping Savage win the title to the formation of the mega powers to the, the jealousy and the anger over Miss Elizabeth and, and being, you know, you know, jealous of Hogan and that whole attention to the mega powers exploding at WrestleMania five. I just, that whole story arc is to, to this day, I stand by it as one of the best story arcs the WWF ever did. I found it compelling. I was 10 years old when that happened. So that also I'm sure has a huge role to play in why it meant so much to me because it was, it was just, it was unbelievable. I couldn't imagine that they were going to break up. And when they broke up, I hated that Randy Savage and loved it. And so loved that title reign for the story that it told. And, and so that's, that's my number five. Greg, any thoughts on that title, uh, reign of where you had that, uh, on, on your list, any like, between six and ten, maybe. I it, it it's it was definitely under consideration, like when I was going through and 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 deciding which ones are going to be where. To me, it was that ultimate storyline and an ultimate storytelling. The problem that I had was that his run was it was marred by Hogan from the start. Like Hogan was even the reason he won the match to win the tournament, and. It's kind of like people wanted that Bret Hart-like run out of Randy Savage and didn't get it because there was always Hogan, Hogan, Hogan the whole time, including, you know, he didn't even main event SummerSlam by himself. He had a team with Hogan. And to me, that run couldn't have been the greatness that we needed out of Randy Savage because it was still all about Hogan. I it, it kind of to back up your point, Greg, it's funny because he even he was in the Royal Rumble match in between. And yep. he. he Got eliminated. You you had your world champion in the Rumble and had him eliminated, and it wasn't even by Hogan. But to Patrick's point, as I battle with this one beam of light that's coming out of the <laughs> fucking window at this time, of I can anyway, see it. It's so fun, isn't it? I picked this side and then I went over to this side. We'll just stay over here for a bit. Um, great podcasting, great audio podcasting piece. You're doing a fucking bang up job here today. Uh, but the storyline between Elizabeth Hogan and the Mega Powers and everything else that was. I agree with you, Patrick. I had that number six. It was one of eight title reigns that had made the smell test the, the smell test cut when I looked down and I didn't really consider anything else but like, hey, yes, no, and boom. So I had it six. Great call. Uh, my number five is John Cena winning the title. I'm like, which one? September seventh. September seventeenth at Unforgiven. In 06 to October 1st of 07, when he tore when he tore the pack and had to vacate the title. So 
that that's my number five and i basically bookend this in with the two title reigns he had before this because from april of 05 to october of 07 john cena in three title reigns held the belt 793 days out of 912 days and it would have been longer just 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 to throw it out there we we can't discuss the 2005 one (laughs) right now understood reasons understood because reasons no no and but but i think it it could have it could have and would have been longer if he didn't get injured and i think uh the 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 matches he had obviously at the time were, were with everybody that were in the company i think this is when he got over with hbk as well which was really big um i i just i wonder it's kind of where vince overcorrected himself because of rob van dam and he went whoa I need to I need to be held and and cared for and in trusting arms for a long time and it was over a year that he needed to be in John Cena's arms after what Rob Van Dam did you know plus you know flipping with Edge and everything but that's kind of my reaction to that I think it's some of John Cena's best work I think it's really important the way that he came back and you know uh, we we were able to it was almost the beginning of 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 where Cena wasn't cheered all the time anymore too you know so it was the beginning of that split. Um, any comments on that, gentlemen? The Michaels match for me is is part of that that really jumps out because that wasn't even supposed to be Shawn Michaels. I don't think we were ever supposed to get John Cena, Shawn Michaels in a program like we did at, at WrestleMania 23. And it turned out to be great to me, in, in my opinion. And, and it was kind of the, the ending of the match and Michael's reaction threw a lot of people off because they thought Michael's wasn't happy or whatever, but that was just Michael's doing a poor job of selling the, okay, this guy surprised me and, and earned my respect and, and that sort of deal. Um, but for Cena, like Cena and triple H was, was an iconic program, but Shawn Michaels came before triple H. And so for Cena to get that WrestleMania main event over a guy like Shawn Michaels, was huge and to me is a huge part of this run. And and it was also, like you said, Vince going back to what he knew would work. And and Cena had been established as the guy and had to be the guy. Patrick, a couple other notes from me before we get your thoughts. He, he won that, it started that title reign with a TLC victory over Edge, which I can't imagine would have been a bad match. Um, I'm sure it's rated fairly highly. Uh, a match with Umaga. Uh, that was, at, that at was gonna Year's... be. Is that was the was that the one where he choked him out, or he like, or was the couldn't get up or whatever, right? Like it was like a a last man standing match or something like that. Which one? The match with Umaga, like the one where he had to like be clever um, to beat him. I don't know. It doesn't say that here. It doesn't have a stipulation on it. But that was obviously Umaga, Umaga's highest point is having a WWE championship right. match at with John Cena during that time. You know, you talked about uh, Shawn Michaels. He also had match uh, a big five-man match with Bobby Lashley, McFoley, uh, some Randy Orton stuff. He had a singles match with Bobby Lashley. So just a just a really good run there. And don't forget the great work he did in May and June of 07 with the great Kali. Let's not forget. Right. Well, this this is the reign that if you listen to Greg and I back in the past talking about John Cena, and, and you make a joke about the great Kali, but like there was always this question about who who or how could John Cena really elevate anybody like the the super Cena jokes would go on and you just look at like it was like big match John over and over and over again with all these title defenses and made so many guys look legit uh in in working either showing that he could hang with them like a Shawn Michaels or like I remember that Umaga match like I'll go back and watch that match with Umaga because it was the best Umaga match I've ever seen um, and it, and it was just great. And John Cena had a lot to do with why that match was so good, uh, and and really elevating people. So that's I considered that reign too out of his what is he like sixteen fifteen reigns? Um, I forget what the exact number is. Uh, yeah, I think it's sixteen, right, Greg? Tied with uh, Flair. Yeah, he's tied with Ric Flair. Gotcha. All right, so that rounds out the fives. Let's switch on over to the fours. Uh, I'll bring it back around. Uh, mine is Brock Lesnar's title reign from Mania 33 to SummerSlam of 2018. Anybody got that up higher? No? All right. That, five... that was under consideration but didn't make the top five. Gotcha. All right. Uh, this was uh, 503 days as a reign 
Um, by the way, Roman's at 498 as of today. A um, little foreshadowing. Let me... Uh, <laughs> he beat Goldberg. He also had matches with Samoa Joe. He had a really nice fatal four-way with um, with uh, Reigns, Samoa Joe, and Strowman. They remember he, that's the time where he had the match with AJ Styles as well. Um, and then he got into the feud with Roman Reigns and ended up losing that at SummerSlam. But just classic uh, to me, Paul Heyman, Brock Lesnar interaction where they they like, you know, they already kind of had that turned gimmick to a little bit tighter um, relationship and and a little bit uh, smoother delivery from like early Brock and Paul, right? Now here they really turned the corner and turned it on to where I turned myself and I said maybe Paul Heyman is the best manager of all time over Bobby Heenan and and everything that's happened since then. I, I really debate that in my head as I sit here with my Star Wars hoodie and my Andre and Bobby shirt on underneath it and I and I and I besmirch Bobby Heenan. But Patrick, you shake your head. I, I just. I t- at, you, it's my you, feelings regarding uh, Paul Heyman. It's not, five, it has nothing to do with. No, I, I got you. Five hundred plus days though, as a champion. He, I mean, it's funny. I have I have a different Brock Lesnar reign on on my list later on, so um, we'll we'll get to that. But yeah, the, the just the sheer dominance of of that reign and the you know the constant conversations of who's going to be the one to dethrone Brock Lesnar and, and get that big rub and get that big push. Um, or just the the big result of, of being the one to defeat him, uh, you can't you can't deny Brock Lesnar every time he's on your television set that he just commands your attention and respect. And this was yeah, it's it's I think it's a a, a reign that's about to get passed, but will or at least be really close to getting passed, uh, and we'll see. But yeah, it's a it's a good call on on your part. What's surprising to me is that. Uh, and what and it was surprising as I went through, I don't have a single Brock Lesnar reign on my list. And I love Brock Lesnar, and and I love Brock Lesnar the performer, but I kind of come to the conclusion that outside of the first one, which didn't make my list either, he almost supersedes the title in a lot of ways because he's Brock Lesnar. He's, he's their version of The Undertaker now. And I just can't – and and with the, the disappearances that he had so often during his title runs – which is it's just hard in the weekly program. He would have been a phenomenal champion in the 80s and, and even oh, yeah. in the early 90s. And his runs probably – he could have probably had, you know, Bruno-like runs back then, that, you know, version for the time. But just just the disappearances and, and all of that, it just didn't work in the – the way they, they present their product on television in the modern day, which is why so many Brock Lesnar runs were under consideration, but none were able to crack my top five. Well, the problem with Brock Lesnar, and and it, I use the word problem to describe it because I can't think of really any other way to do it, and and it's not a problem. It's it's a good thing. Is he's one of the four most legit professional wrestlers of all time, and what right. I mean by that is yeah. not the fact that he could legitimately kick your ass outside of the ring, not the fact that he's legitimately had success in you know um, hand-to-hand combat sports and things of that nature uh, to to the umpteenth level it's the fact that he, he brings believability to a sport that is um, uh, pre-planned, right? So you believe it, right? And when I say one of four, I say Brock Lesnar, I say Ken Shamrock, I say Kurt Angle, and I say Andre the Giant. When those four people went out there, you kind of forgot that this was a pre-planned thing and you went, holy fuck, this is something I got to see. I believe in these people outside of this pre-rehearsed business because of just look at Andre, Everything Brock's done, and look at him, broken freaking neck, and the most dangerous man in the world. So that that to me, that's that's what I how I qualify that, and I had to have a Brock Lesnar title reign on here for that reason. Yeah, huh. uh, I'm not I'm not mad at it for sure. I just think you know it just and and Bruce Pritchard even said you know if this were real, Brock Lesnar would never lose anyway. But, <laughs> that's so. true. <laughs> it's a true story. Uh, sort of my number four. Um, we're going to probably talk about my number four later because you didn't uh, bring it up, Tony, and that was CM Punk's lengthy yeah. reign, so we're yep. skipping me. Mm-hmm. Greg? Okay, so my number four is going to surprise no one. Gender. At all. And is on there for some very important reasons. It was about 170. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, uh.
It is, in fact, Jinder Mahal. Now, did I sit down and come up with my list and realize that Jinder belongs in the top five? Or did I sit down and come up with my list and try to make sure I work Jinder into, into my top five list? It is definitely the latter. I am, am forever linked to Jinder Mahal. Of course, it was the the DWI 100 episode where I demanded 30 seconds, which turned into like five minutes, talk about Jinder Mahal and and said that his WrestleMania 33 performance would turn into a, a push for the man that that would lead to all that. But the Jinder reign for me. Yeah, that's why I'm into it so much is because I called it and and that's it. I own that and, and love it. But. That to me is is if you're a superstar in WWE, and of course right now in, in the modern era, it's so hard because everybody can be released at any time and, and you just never know. Gender represents the fact that if you do work hard, if you do stand out, you can get a shot. No one in their right mind expected gender to win the six-way match, the six-pack challenge on SmackDown that gave somebody a title shot, right? Looking at who was in the match, you probably figured it would have been Jeff Hardy. And Jinder wins, and then he goes to the pay-per-view to Backlash and beats Randy Orton relatively clean in, in for modern era standards. Like, yes, the, the the boys got involved, but at the end of the day, Jinder pins him one, two, three in the center of the ring and, and becomes WWE champion. And if not for a Survivor Series showdown with Brock Lesnar that didn't happen because AJ had to win the belt – who knows how long it actually would have gone. It went a thing longer than anybody expected. And much like when, when Kofi had his run, it was treated as he was treated as a champion and, and was, was done that way. And let's be honest, Jinder Mahal, when Jinder Mahal retires, if, if he were to retire now, a few years later, he probably goes into the WWE hall of fame. Now, a lot of people go into the WWE hall of fame, but without the title run, I don't know if he does. And it just, to me represents, more than just I called it, but it really does represent the fact that he is the the shining example of hard work paying off because no one in their right mind ever expected Jinder Mahal to be a WWE champion, and yet he will forever be remembered as a WWE champion thanks to his win over Randy Orton in 2016. So that's why, aside from, from personal bias, I made sure that Jinder Mahal was on this list. He, he really emphasized the fact that WWE was trying to go international as well, too. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. hey, we need to explore and, and exacerbate the means to get the ultimate financial uh, 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 gain in all corners of the earth. Uh, I think, to me, the biggest part of that title reign was him losing it was a hell of a match against AJ Styles in England. I mean, and that led to a 300-year-long uh, reign by AJ, which didn't even make my special yeah. test, which was probably a top 20 reign of all time, too. So, but yeah, yeah gender, it definitely made my. It's as interesting. Well. If I had, if I had the honorable mentions, it would be on there. It's interesting that we brought up Brock's reign and then Jinder's reign now, because this was the same time. Yeah. Right. You're, and if you right. believe the modern day news cycle, his reign ended because Brock didn't want to face him at Survivor Series. Which I don't believe. Champion. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um, highest highest rated SmackDown champion, right, for a while. Yeah. Then. Sure. Uh, well, ratings went up with him as champion. But, you know, he's terrible. And, and it also, at the time, his his title reign encompassed the, the most successful financial quarter in company history. Right. And, yeah, Lester was champion at the same time, but he also wasn't there all the time. So, you know. Right. Ginger's money, y'all. All right, folks, that is going to round out the top fours. We're going to take a quick commercial break right here. You're listening to Impromptu Wrestling Conversation on Chairshot Radio with Greg DeMarco, Patrick O'Dowd, and PC Tunney. You're listening on the Chairshot Radio Network, a part of thechairshot.com. And make sure you head on over to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash thechairshot. Pick yourself up a Chairshot t-shirt. Get it in soft style. Do your epidermis a favor. It makes a great gift as well. That's prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot we shall return after this promotional consideration paid for by the following hey folks pc tony here thanks to our new partnership with angry lemonade you can save 10 percent on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code chair shot head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services use the promo code chair shot to save 10 percent that's angrylemonade.net thechairshot.com always Use your 
head. Welcome back to a special edition of Chair Shot Radio, an impromptu wrestling conversation for the I- an IWC for the IWC, Patrick, if you will, right here. Very here, nice. Chair, well, well played. That's Chair fun. Shot Radio Network. Thank you much. Um, you know, it's interesting, guys. I'm sitting here right now and I'm thinking about what I forgot to grab when I was at the grocery store yesterday and how it is like 15 degrees outside and very icy. So that what I forgot was alcohol. So I think I'm going to have to download the Drizzly app and uh, get that delivered. Make someone else treacherous, treacherous, uh, you know, treach through the through the elements to bring me some alcohol this afternoon for wrestling and bandwagon nerds. So maybe I'll even use the promo code fast five. Uh, on the uh, you know drizzly.com anyway wrestling I hear, that, uh, I hear good things happen there right yes good things always happen with alcohol patrick save five bucks yeah yeah, yeah there you go uh impromptu wrestling conversation top five wwe title reigns of all time we are at number three mr greg demarco I apologize. I have a tortilla in my mouth i know um, i was trying to I, I i was looking at you going i think he's done and then you weren't done it's what I can eat right now. So my number three is prop. And the thing is, I'm probably going to talk for 30 seconds and then it'll go on to Patrick because I guarantee you my number three is higher on one or both of your lists. And my, my number three is Hulk Hogan's 1984 WWF championship run after he beat the Iron Sheik. Yep. Thumbs up. Higher. We'll we'll move on. Um, I, assumed. I, I wonder if this I'm assuming this will be higher, too, um, because it's our current champion our tribal chief Roman Reigns, um, and, and Greg is nodding higher on your list. And that's, higher on my list. So that's going to round out the top threes because uh, <laughs> I had Roman Reigns' current reign as number three as well. So I will bring it back, and we are to the top two here on an impromptu wrestling conversation. Uh, Chair Shot Radio Network here. Uh, I'm not sure what day you're listening to this because we haven't decided when we're going to put it up, but we're recording it uh, the Sunday morning of the last week of the NFL season. Uh, you didn't need to know that, but I told you anyway, so deal with it. Number two for me, uh, Hulk Hogan. It's rain. First one higher on anybody. You got that number one, Patrick. All right. Who is your Thank number you. two, Mr. Patrick O'Dowd? My number two is my Brock Lesnar title reign, and that was his uh, brief. It was one of his more brief reigns uh, from his return to SummerSlam, where he crushes John Cena on 8-17-2014 to losing at WrestleMania to Seth Rollins. Um, with the Seth Rollins cash-in in the match that he had with Roman Reigns. And for me, this is, a, again, it's weird. It's it's the title reign that made me interested in the in the World Championship again, um, if that makes sense. Uh, Brock Lesnar comes back. We expect this. We expect, we expect Brock Lesnar to win, but I don't think anybody expected him to win in the way that he won, in that he absolutely destroys John Cena, and I kept waiting. I was like, when's the Cena comeback going to happen? When's the Cena comeback going to happen? And they didn't. And then, again, the, part of this is just the storytelling and the way that the rain started and ended. The head fake that Greg DeMarco called, by the way, that, that Seth Rollins would cash in um, to win. That he'd cash in his money in the bank to win, win the W uh, the universal, universal run. I can't remember which belt it was. Um, at that point, it was just the one. They only had yeah, the it was one. just the one. It was just the one uh, heavyweight championship. Where again, we are on the verge of thinking that Roman Reigns is going to get anointed, that he is going to get the big victory. Seth Rollins cashes in, thanks Roman, or, uh, thanks Roman while pinning him. Everybody's heard it and gets that title right. And it was just again the unstoppable beast. Uh, his his first sort of big return in this this persona. And was, I just, I love watching him run roughshod through people to then eventually get the win. And I just thought it was so huge for Rollins. It was actually a huge match for Reigns, too. Um, and part of what I looked at when I looked at some of these is what did, what did these Reigns do for other people and for the company in general? And I thought that this was a big one in making the, the title scene important again. The best ma- the best match that he had in that reign was the triple threat at the Royal Rumble that year with Seth and right. John Cena. That match like is considered better than a nine out of ten by most people who rate things out of ten. Um, mm-hmm. Those who rate it out of eleven, I think it's around a ten. Um, and then you can move forward with the percentages and numbers that way, which has nothing to do with this conversation right now. I was trying to make a joke right. that didn't go over. So Greg, why don't you just go <laughs> ahead and jump in here and uh, you know save me? I will. I will because. 
and, and again, the whole Brock Lesnar thing is so hard for me, but because I love the guy, I love his performances, love everything. The best match of this run to me was the last match, although that triple threat match was amazing. And the reason why the best match that that last match stands out, not just because of the cash in that I called the day that that Seth won the title or the, <laughs> the, the briefcase is because it really became the modern day Brock Lesnar style match. It was a UFC title fight is what that WrestleMania 31 main event was. And and it was so different than anything else we had seen. It also established Roman Reigns. And I've said it time and time again, you go back and watch that match. JBL used the dominance of Brock Lesnar to tell Roman Reigns' story. They, JBL was the one who basically told you Roman's not ready for this. And he's going to grow into the moment over the next 10 minutes. And and he did. And and it was just, you know, Roman gets busted open and he busts open Brock. And, you know, but in legit ways, wasn't wasn't planned. You know, unlike the, the Randy Orton title match with Brock or the Randy Orton match with Brock. And it just was 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 really jumped out at me because it was the new Brock Lesnar match is what that was. And we're still seeing the new Brock Lesnar match to this day. After that, whereas before he kind of had the more epic type matches that he had, the long one with Triple H and the long one with CM Punk and the long one with John Cena and Extreme Rules and all that stuff. So this was the new Brock Lesnar in me, in in my opinion, and he needed that and and basically was was that same Brock Lesnar until this year. So I love this reign. love all of that. And one thing you're going to hear from me in the next couple of bullet points that we go through here with, with why I rank certain title runs the way I did is how they end. Cause to me, how a title reign ends is extremely important. And, and that's why I have certain things rated where I do um, or didn't rate certain ones where I did. And this one ended fantastically and it ended in a memorable way for good. It's memorable for the right reasons way. And that's another reason Absolutely. why this is so big. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. And now we're on to my number two. Is that where you're, you're signaling me there? <laughs> my like... number two, it, it definitely won't be just me who talks about it here, but it, it's um, depending on, on if Tony has it on his list and where. Uh, actually, no, it is everybody. So this is really strange that that we all had them where we did. My number two is both your guys' number three, and that is the current run of the WWE Universal Champion, the head of the table, and and props to Pat McAfee for his line on SmackDown, where the Usos were playing with the tables, and he said, "Of course, we know how to use tables. Our cousin is the head of them. Our tribal chief." reigning undisputed universal champion Roman Reigns and his current run as universal champion. So the one reign that we can't really say 
the number of days that it, that it is. So it's at 487 right now or something like that. 498 as we record on January 9th. He will tie. 498. He will tie Brock Lesnar for the longest Universal Championship reign Friday on SmackDown. I really hope they mention that. I'm sure they will. I'm sure they will. Pat McAfee will, if nobody else does, because he was the one who called out Mickey James being the Impact Knockout Champion on air. Um, which yeah, she, this she one re- has which been... she retained that belt, by the way. Of course she did, because she's gonna she's gonna walk she, out to the rumble is, with it. <laughs> okay, this is my first podcast since that happened. Although I'm sure I'll talk about it on Tuesday when we record multiple podcasts. Not only will she walk out at it with the Royal Rumble, she will defend that belt. Probably on Raw between now and then. Like, they'll do it. Just because of the buzz it's gotten so far. And I would think she will defend that title against, like, Carmella or Zelina Vega or somebody like that. Probably She's not, not defending Carmella. against She's hurting, man. Don't, don't be putting my girl in there. She's working hurt. Then fine. I will, Zelina. Defending I will, Zelina. I will agree uh, on what I just said with her walking out to the Rumble with the title. Yeah. I will respectfully disagree and, and um, wait to be wrong and say she will not yeah. wrestle for that title. She will not defend that title on WWE television. Yeah, I also believe that when, when they came up with the idea to put Mickey James in the Rumble, Vince didn't even know she worked for Impact, let yeah. alone was knockout the, champion. Right, it doesn't so. fucking, it just goes to show. It, it doesn't fucking bother. He don't, he does, it doesn't even exist to him. But the biggest boss move that could come out of all of this is when Mickey James shows up to the Royal Rumble, if she would walk in the back door into the backstage of the arena and on her way to the locker room with her gear in a trash bag. Yeah, oh, I'm yeah. sure. And that's why I think they have the raw thing, too, is they can do something with the trash bag. Like, they're not afraid of this type of stuff. She they should really put it in all. their face to whoever did that to her. Like, and I don't really think it's that big of a deal, to be fucking honest with you. Yeah. Um, there's worse things no. that can happen to people. But if more, she, more, bo- more boss about, move, uh, boss move if she came back. More about that. Roman Reigns, though. More about Roman Reigns, though. Um, yes. <laughs> his, like, like, he came back and, you know, it was so funny because the the whole tagline of SummerSlam in in... 2020 was you'll never see it coming and we had no idea what that meant people nowadays are like oh yeah i thought it was roman dave ungar did legitimately he called that a month beforehand good on dave yeah good on dave because he did it was roman reigns and and the and the great thing about that it that it was in the performance center right was it, it was in the thunderdome and so camera shot wise there was no crowd to give it to spoil it anything like literally just the camera clip, you know, turns and there's Roman hitting the spear and he comes back. And then, of course, the very next week, you know, the very next Smackdown, you have the the, the bill to payback and the the reveal that he's with Paul Heyman. And then it just completely flipped a character. But not only did it flip a character, it's it's and, and I've had this down for some others um, that, that, you know, we, we've talked about or haven't talked about. He's defining an era with this run and and the same as two other runs that um, that we'll talk about. And that's just hard to do. Not everybody gets to do that. And Roman Reigns defining an era. He is establishing himself as an icon, which two other reigns that we'll talk about do, which is huge. And and he's just completely and he's finally the person that everybody wanted him to be. And to me, it's not a fact of he's finally able to do that. I think he was able to do it for a long time. The company just finally ran with this character. Timing is everything, too. This character wouldn't have worked before, and and even though people wanted it to. And and he's he's going to finish his career by supplanting somebody else on the Mount Rushmore of WWE history. Like, he just will. And... <laughs> Sorry, Tony's face. This I wish you were filming this because that was outstanding. I'm telling you, we got it. You were literally, you were literally an emoji, right like, there, like the show your teeth emoji. You really could be emojis. Maybe it's it, maybe it's the bald head. I don't know, but you really could be emojis like, in human form. Oh, See, there you go. That? Um, pur- purposefully bald, not not bald for for natural reasons, but purposefully bald, as he continues to make emoji faces. Do the poop right. one. No, I'm kidding. Don't do the poop. Do the poop. Um. <laughs> and 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 he's probably I don't think this reign ends to WrestleMania 39 unless Roman has to like for medical reasons or he goes off to Hollywood. I really don't. And imagine that. Imagine a run that goes through three WrestleManias. In I this have. Era. I've predicted it already. Yeah, we all. I, yeah, I've been calling WrestleMania 39 as well. It's just amazing. And 
and it took it takes a certain kind of wrestler to do that. And you know, aside from Jinder Mahal, nobody but Roman Reigns could do it. Oh so. Jesus! All right, stop it right there. I I just I love the the I for me it's what is to gain by Roman losing. Yeah, hey, because this isn't done. That's what's crazy about you know, Greg. You talk about the longevity. This tribal chief thing, like. Who who in a, in a million years when this whole thing started would have imagined that we'd be looking at two plus years heading towards three and, and thought that but that, that this would we be what we good for you, Mr. Raising your hand. I'm I'm happy for it. I'm just saying I I were you were you raising your hand to block the sun or were you raising your hand to be like, I knew this would go more than two years? Well a little bit of both. Gotcha. A little bit. And, of both. And it is. It's one of those things. And I still will um, pat myself on the back for saying back when he debuted with the Shield that he was the most compelling member of the Shield. Uh, but the the audience, I think, has just been so was so ready for this persona when they finally pulled the trigger, like you were saying, Greg. And it's money, and it's being proven money. And Fox loves him, and the WWE has obviously loved him and there is no reason in that train because people are still investing themselves in this reign in this character in this story we now have the best love triangle ever in the wwe going on right now between brock lesnar roman reigns and paul Heyman. great way to great, great way of putting it yeah. how they keep going it and i can't even claim credit for it i read it from somebody else on the internet but it, i i immediately embraced it so yeah, it was my number four, um, or no, it was my number three just because it's still going on, if that makes sense. Like, I was like, it's ongoing. Do, do we really call it an all-timer until it's, I mean, it is, and you can see it, and you're living it. But at the same time, I was like, we still don't know how it's going to end. But it's been it's been a hell of a ride. It's been a great ride, and it's, it's one we're going to be on for a while. Well, depending on how it ends, it could end up dropping on my list if we do it in the future. Like, sure. Because the ending is so, and, and that's why it's where it is over one that I already mentioned is, is because it doesn't have the caveat of ending poorly. So to me, this is, yeah, that, that actually, the fact that it's still going, I think is why it made it to number two. Yeah. I had it as my number three. It could, it could move up. I don't think it could move down on my list. Um, it, it, I think the, the, the thing that we take for granted in this, in this run is the actual matches that he has because the storyline and the interaction and the, and the, and the relationship between him, Brock and, 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 and Paul Heyman. And then the, the, the relationship he has with Seth, who they kind of get in the picture once in a while on TV together going, Oh, this could happen too. But you talk about like in-ring work. And like, now it's about to happen. Right. The Seth thing right. is going to happen at the Royal Rumble. I mean, and then you talk about like instantly elevating Jay. Uso once he won this title and turns him into main event Jey Uso and instantly build starts building his stable exactly what everybody wanted right and the matches he had amazing uh Drew McIntyre amazing match with him Kevin Owens the run they did had unbelievable matches right then you talk about he's in there with Daniel Bryan and Edge he has a banger match with Cesaro John Cena Finn Balor I mean he's he's worked with everybody and knocked it out of the park in the ring in my opinion Yeah, I, I have no, I have no arguments. Greg, take us to number one here on our list of top five WWE title reigns of all time here on the Impromptu Wrestling Conversation in IWC for the IWC on Chairshot Radio Network. So my number one on my list is John Cena's first reign, his 2005 reign as WWE champion, and the reason why I picked this one, and and the reason why this one is number one on my list. Is, is for three simple reasons. Number one, much like I, I, I said you know, with the Roman Reigns, it established an icon in, in WWE history. This run when he was drafted to Raw from SmackDown, the way, you know, winning it at WrestleMania uh, after all the, the, the fuss over the Royal Rumble and having him having to go through the tournament after the, the tie with Batista and, and everything else that they did. He defines an era. WWE needed a new era superstar, and it was John Cena. And you have all heard the stories of of the meeting that Vince McMahon had with talent where he said somebody needs to step up and and be the guy. And Cena walked up to him and said, I'm that person. And then sure enough, uh, a year later, he was that person. And he had an amazing run. It's it's what established John Cena. It's what established fans booing John Cena. It's what established, you know, so many aspects of the John Cena that we know today that it really 
that reign catapulted his career, even though it wasn't his longest reign. It was the one that that I think he'll always be remembered for just because of the fact that it established the John Cena that we know and love today. And in a point that I'm going to be making soon for, for you guys, it prob- it had probably it, short of Brock Lesnar's run that we talked about. It had the best ending it possibly could have had with the first ever money in the bank cash in that when Edge cashed in after the the New Year's, whatever it was called, pay-per-view New Year's and the first Revolution. elimination. Yeah, the first Elimination Chamber match, right? Or No, it wasn't the first Elimination Chamber match. It was when they brought it back. Um, he wins, they raise it, and then Edge cashes in and and becomes WWE champion. Even though that was a short reign for Edge and definitely not one that's going to be on any of our lists, it ended in a way that I think was epic. And that's just so important to me as, as well. It, it's, it, had, it started in a way that was epic with the, with the run of WrestleMania. It ended in a way that was epic and it established John Cena as, again – appearing on a lot of people's Mount Rushmore's today. So to me, John Cena's first run is 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 the best WWE Championship reign that I've ever seen. I, it's I hard. just love – oh, go ahead. No, you go ahead, Patrick. I can go after Also, just kudos to JBL, who had been the longstanding champion at the time. Oh, did I, did I steal your thunder? Son of a bitch. That's okay. Go <laughs> ahead. Sorry. Hey, I, I looked at JBLs. I definitely didn't make the list and, and whatever, but it was no, one that as I was considering. It's, a, it's, it's, a, JBL it's an underrated reign. The JBL world title reign is a really underrated reign because it's just how do you describe it? It's just, it's not it's not impressive in this like, but he was just rock solid as as that heel champion and his his run makes Cena's victory important and and made it and made it a big deal because he unseated a longstanding champion. Uh, and you talked about the Edge cash in. That's what elevated Edge to be. Who, who we see him as now, like as as you know, as, as it made him the Hall of Famer that he is, because from there we looked at Edge differently. So, just it was, it's a good pick. It's a good pick. It didn't, it didn't make my list. Oddly enough, John Cena didn't make my list. Uh, I think just yeah, kind of like me the, and me and Brock Lesnar. I think it's just the sheer volume of runs. Like it, it was like, where where do you go? Uh, probably the attrition of numbers there, but. Sorry, sorry to steal your honorable mention, Thunder. No, that's fine. I, out of the eight that made the smell test to break it down into top five, I ranked this one eighth, the JBL one. And and to Greg's point, the beginning and ending of 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 reigns is very important. Maybe more so than the the meat in the middle. Um, but John Cena, it just him winning his first world championship against JBL was a great story. Because JBL's story as a heel and progression of a character over that time that he was champion was excellent. And it started in a great way, too, in a Texas death rope match with Eddie Guerrero, I believe, uh, JBL's reign. So, But, yeah, yeah. John, John Cena's title reign there. I mean, all these that we're talking about is really we're, – we're just arguing over minute things. These are all unbelievable times in wrestling history for these unbelievable performers. So, great call, Greg. Um, Patrick, you're number one. My number one it has been mentioned by the two of you already. Obviously, that is Hulk Hogan's reign defeating the Iron Sheik in 1984 at Madison Square Garden, all the way to losing in February due to tomfoolery, which I'm sure is what brought the, the rain down on Greg's list. But for me, the reason this is number one is because World Wrestling Entertainment doesn't exist without this marriage between Hulk Hogan and Vince McMahon and Hulkamania and the mainstream popularity and pub that this character and this world champion had for four years. Like, and to me, that's just it. Like it is the foundation and the bedrock of the entity, whether you love what the WWE is now or hate it, Hulk Hogan, Hulkamania, that title run, that champion, babyface territory, whatever you want to call it, that's it. Uh, and again, 10-year-old Patrick O'Dowd incensed at the way Hogan loses the title. Incensed, I tell you, at at the nasty, nasty million-dollar man Ted DiBiase and Andre the Giant and double referees. And I always get the night uh, of that show wrong because I always call it a Saturday night's main event, but it was not. It was a, was it the big event? Or something like the, that. The, or... It was just the main event. The main it was, event. It was Friday just. Um, yep. Many people yeah. call it Friday night's main event, but it's really just called the main. I event. always get that. I always get that wrong. But I, here's. It was also the, the first thing. one, I think. It was. Yeah. That that loss made the news. That's what's weird. Like, because you never 
pro wrestling never was in the like legitimate news. Hulk Hogan losing a title was was not new. for not for storyline reasons anyway. Yeah. No, but but it was just it was crazy. It just made the like, like whoever like and so to me that 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 world title reign like he like Hogan was on the cover of Sports Illustrated. He was brought on to Saturday Night Live, and yes, a lot of that had to do with the relationship with NBC and all of those connections and. 100%. But Hogan's persona and Hulkamania made it so. And like I said, to me, it's the bedrock and the foundation of how we got to where we got to today with World Wrestling Entertainment. 1,474 days. Obscene. That's like legit, yeah. what, legit four years, right? I mean, and he didn't even lose it <laughs> clean. No, he didn't lose it. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I had it number two. Um, Greg, thoughts on on this title? Yeah, I, I I echo everything Patrick said. Literally, the end is the only reason why it was my number three. If it ended, right. imagine if that reign just just if we alter history and that reign ended with him losing to Randy Savage in the center of the ring at WrestleMania four, or you know losing to the Ultimate Warrior, because basically take out the Savage reign, he could have ran all the way to Warrior and right. <clears throat> WrestleMania six. Then it would, it, I, I would have had a number one. It would have Imagine had if had Ted DiBiase had actually pulled it off, like they originally thought about doing for a while. Yeah, and and actually won the thing versus what we ended up with, and it was all done right. so that we could have this tournament at WrestleMania four, which I love, although many people don't, and 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 that's all fine and well. But yeah, save for the ending, this would have been number one because it it transformed a territory and it transformed an entire industry, and right. it's hard to look at almost anything we see today. And in 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 the vein of this would still be had Hogan not become WWF champion, who knows where wrestling would be if wrestling would even be in the states. It probably would have disappeared and come back since then had Hogan not been WWF champion. So we just can't we we can't even imagine the world without Hulk Hogan being WWF champion as, as part of that you know that era. So. It's it's really launched the business as we know it today. It's really the reason why when we do lists like this, this is always where the era starts. You know, I call it the WrestleMania era, but it really begins when Hogan beats the Iron Sheik in Madison Square Garden, and which was televised on local television. Like that's where right. the that's where the business was at that point. It was on the MSG network. I know because I saw it. Um, and 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 even from there, like I saw it on a, on a repeat because I started watching wrestling after Hogan won the title. But before WrestleMania one, like that's how I and I can always watch, you know, always target how long I've been watching wrestling by WrestleManias. And so, yeah, I grew up with Hogan. It's the first iconic thing that I remember in wrestling is this, you know, him being this champion. It's basically all the factors were out there, but never really brought in together. And Hogan and Vince and the WWF at the time or whatever you want to call it. Is the big bang of modern day wrestling, because you 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 got the actually final formula to making wrestling with pop culture crossover and go into living rooms that have no business wanting to watch wrestling and here they are because it crossed over with so many different people's interests like rock and wrestling and everything else you know commercials movies etc cetera, etc cetera. that's that's all Hulk Hogan so definitely Ruthian um, when when you assess uh, his place in history as far as professional wrestling goes. So, all right, my number yeah. one. Uh, let's let's talk about. Well, uh... it's as simple as this. Just when they think they got the answers, I ask for ice cream bars. Um, it was a hell of a fucking rain. Let me tell you right now. Uh, Paul Heyman put him back on the freaking map right there. It was the 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 beginning of Paul Heyman being this guy that would carry. Uh, it's interesting because Heyman with the Lesnar dynamic early on didn't didn't Lesnar didn't talk you know and then you you looking for someone to go with Heyman that needs a someone to talk for them and Punk didn't need anybody to talk for him it, it just made him invincible and and the amount of matches that he had in that time period is why I say it's number one because if you look at the the the, the beginning and the end the ending is amazing the beginning was a victory over Alberto Del Rio which was fine um but the matches he put in it the meat is so freaking good Right. He, he's having great matches with Del Rio, with uh, 
uh, Dolph Ziggler, uh, younger Dolph Ziggler, right? Uh, then he goes on and he's working with Daniel Bryan and Kofi Kingston and Mark Henry and Chris Jericho and Kane and The Big Show and John Cena and Seth Rollins and Jerry Lawler and Randy Orton and then Ryback. I mean, and then you get The Rock. The only person that they could bring in to end this reign and have it be huge, and obviously we're trying to get back to WrestleMania with Cena there and The Rock, but Punk was the guy that had The Rock come back to professional wrestling and actually win a freaking title. So the ending to me is amazing. Uh, that's why I have it number one. It still stands out to me as maybe one of my most favorite times in professional wrestling. My my bias against CM Punk keeps me from putting it higher. I'll, I'll admit that. Like part of this is that I don't like the guy, um, but you can't you can't deny the rain, right? Like you just can't. Like all the reasons that you just laid out right there, um, and you know electrified a very you know vocal part of the fan base um in favor of the wwe because he's their guy like he really is and yeah it was it was good storytelling it was good stuff um and yeah there's nothing to it i i actually um will say i you knew that you knew how the rain was going to end when he faced the rock i i actually kind of wish it didn't couldn't didn't have to be that way like I, I really do kind of wish that it didn't it, it didn't have to be that way. Um but that I mean that was just and that's you know, maybe that's my playlist or whatever. Cause I enjoyed his title reign. Um uh, I just his his post WWE time um has always been sour to me and has always caused me to look at him in a different way. Um but it was number four on my list because you can't argue you can't argue that the reign wasn't an all timer. Yeah, three hundred and eighty days, Greg. 380 days. What's 380 days? This rain. That was 484. Oh, 400, yeah, it's way longer than that. Yeah. Did I look at the wrong? They touted that number like crazy. And I uh, did yeah. until he was. Ah, ah, ah. When I transferred from the front of the big show sheet to the <laughs> from the back of the big show sheet, I, I the number above it's yeah. 380. That was Cena. It, you're, you're right. Thank you. Yeah. And the thing about this one is it's, um, first of all, it's crazy to think it was over 10 years ago now that this took place. That's wow. Um, time flies. He shattered the modern era standards of time when when he did this, like no one was, was going this long of a run when, when Cena did it and and sort of paved the way Lesnar's monumental run was really, a lot of people think it was done just to erase this from the history books because WWE is WWE. Um, it did reestablish Paul Heyman. It it was the impetus for the debut of the shield. Like, like Cena was champion and and had the match with, with Ryback. And that's what caused the shield to even debut when they did. And, and, and again, launched the careers of three megastars during, during CM Punk's reign. Two and a half. His in-ring promos were always fantastic. His matches were always fantastic. The, The two things that hurt it for me was that he wasn't even always the main event during this run. Like a lot of yeah. times he was a mid card world champion, which is not his fault, obviously, but we're talking about the reigns, not necessarily the performers. And it ended like trash. And 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 it ended simply because they needed to do, you know, The Rock had to be champion and Cena had to win the Rumble to get twice in a lifetime to happen at WrestleMania twenty nine. Otherwise, this reign probably wouldn't have ended there. It probably would have ended at WrestleMania, which is where it should have ended. And and he should have got it probably would have been if if the rock hadn't happened, the WrestleMania 29 main event is probably CM Punk losing to John Cena in, in all in all reality. And that's probably the way this should have ended, which would have taken him well beyond 500 days as champion and and would have. And then this reign might be, you know, towards or at the top of my list, if that's the case, because of how it ended. He deserved a better ending. No one, the moment The Rock came out, which was during the summer before, and said he was going to beat CM Punk for the title at at the Royal Rumble, tarnished his reign for me because I was like, yeah, that's exactly what's going to happen. And, and and it made Punk look like a little bitch. And Punk turned heel on that show, but it, it just well, he, wasn't the same after that. He had to because baby faces don't lie and Rock couldn't lie, so he had to be heel. Yeah, and and they really tarnished that run for me at that point because when when The Rock said he was going to do that, I was like, yeah, he is going to do that, and that's a poor way for it to end. And I just hoped beyond all hope that it wouldn't happen like that. And then you had you know 
the Rock teaming with Cena to main event Survivor Series, and so CM Punk doesn't get that spot. Like the Rock cost him a lot more than a WrestleMania main event, and and really, and and it almost stinks that he had to be world champion during the Rock's last you know run. Well, it's too bad that it, it's too bad that CM Punk is with AE fucking W then because it'd be a perfect thing. Um, to have CM Punk cost the rock, uh, maybe he'll be a free agent by then cost the rock beating Roman at WrestleMania 39. How about that? And you know, people hate to admit it, but he almost went back to WWE before signing with AEW. So, uh, is there a great time guys? Great, great lists. I think really good wrestling conversation today. Something different for people to listen to as we get into the road to WrestleMania here, which I am very much excited for. Is there any reigns that, we didn't talk about that were on the back of your mind while doing this list. I had one more um, that we didn't get to, and, and it's a kind of a different reign that we didn't really talk about, and it's kind of a, a transition in wrestling history, and it's Shawn Michaels' reign from Survivor Series of 97 to um, WrestleMania 14 because you obviously have one of the most infamous wrestling pay-per-views of all time in, in him winning the belt and really people starting to talk about wrestling, and it really jump-starts the wrestling ratings as well when you get to Austin and everything else and the numbers they start doing after that. Um, obviously, he hurt his back in the casket match against Taker, but still went on to have a solid match. You got Mike Tyson during this reign as well. So to me, that 140-day reign is a lot more important than just 140 days in Shawn Michaels and his third title reign. It's it's about transitioning from uh, people not knowing behind the curtain to kind of seeing exactly what happens when you can't agree on an ending for a match or supposedly and um <laughs> and and then the transition into the biggest uh, money-making star uh in wrestling history in stone cold steve austin what's interesting for me and and i had this down as an observation that i want to talk about at the end of the show so i'm glad you brought this up not a single attitude era champion is on this list and yeah, and the reason why is because the title reigns were so short, and, and as right. you snap your fingers, it's the most profitable reign, you know, run in except for you know modern day and all the you know things. But at the time, and Austin garnered so much, but the storytelling changed, and, and the runs become so short. We know the stars, we know the Rock, we know Stone Cold Steve Austin way more than we know the titles and the title runs, and and it really became that. Like we know Hogan because of his iconic title run. We knew these guys regardless of their title runs. And what jumped out at me is that the Attitude Era was nowhere to be found on our list. And I didn't expect it to be because of how short all those title runs were. But yet we have two of, of the four that many people put on Mount Rushmore with The Rock and Stone Cold Steve Austin coming out of the Attitude Era. So it's just interesting how that era just kind of lives in its own little, you know, section of the multiverse, so to speak, because it's, of, it's of what all happened. So why do you bring that up? The longest oh, reign is... The longest reign in the Attitude Era, if you want to go from Survivor Series when Michaels wins it till like let's say yeah. let's say it's probably uh, that one, right? O2 ish is no, it's Austin's after WrestleMania 17 for 175 days. That's it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Hey, I I sat there and actually one of the guys that I tried to cons- like that I tried to look just because it seemed like he was champion all the time, but couldn't find a reign that really compelling was Triple H. Like, I kept looking for a Triple H title reign that I was like, oh, this, no, none of these were really, because of what you said, right? Because of the style of storytelling and what it was. Like, I, I thought that, I, I thought about the game, but then couldn't mm-hmm. really find a reign where I was like, yup, this one should be up there. His reign he, from... Because all he ever did was make other people. Well, his right. reign his reign from Backlash in 08 till he lost it to Edge in Survivor Series, that 200 plus day run was pretty freaking good. Right. Um, and yet I still wouldn't put it, you right. know, above any of the ones that above obviously what we have, yeah. right. So, and yeah, and the rock was my guy, but the rock, like what was a champion for like a hundred days total in his career or something like that? Like he never much. had long title reigns. No, no. He was flipping it with, um, Hunter and Cena or not Hunter, Hunter, not and, Cena. Foley. Hunter, Hunter, Hunter and Foley. Foley. Yeah. Yes. That's what I mean. Hunter and Foley. So, um, his run from Royal rumble to WrestleMania might be his longest. Right. Which is crazy. No, he that was sh- No, who who are you talking about? Hunter? The Rock. Rock. Oh, The Rock. Um, here I can tell you right now. I've had this this very shout out to Wikipedia and um yeah. shout out <laughs> to cagematch.net as well. <laughs> Let's see. The Rock, The Rock, The Rock. We'll get this done first. First title reign 44 days. Second title reign appropriately 2 days. Uh third title reign 41 days. 
Da -da -da -da. Fifth title reign from King of the Ring to No Mercy, 119 days, 35 days for the sixth title reign. Uh, 35 days for the seventh title reign. Undertaker to Brock Lesnar. Still haven't there. hit a year yet. No. Um, and then I guess it's going to be that one where he beats Punk. And that one was da -da 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 70 days. Yeah, so his longest was actually 119 days when he wanted a King of the Ring in 2000. So, so I was wrong, but um, yeah, it's crazy to think that The Rock even held it for 120 days at one point. But so many of his runs were so short, mm -hmm. which is insane. Well, guys, I'm glad we did this. I'm glad we got together. Folks, you can definitely look out for more impromptu wrestling conversations, some more uh, debatable top fives within uh, professional wrestling's history and modern day as well. We like to talk about all that stuff. Um, Patrick, why don't you let everybody know where they can find you all over the social interwebs? You can find me on the Twitter at Wrestling Realist. That is at W-R-E-S-T-L-N-G-R-E-A-L-I-S-T. Did that for one Greg DeMarco. Did well, too. Did it well. Greg? You can find me at ShareShot Greg on all of your forms of social media. Uh, yeah, at ShareShot Greg. You can find me at PC Tony on Twitter and Facebook. Please continue to listen to everything ShareShot Radio Network right there on the ChairShot.com and all of your favorite streaming platforms um we did it again another episode of chair shot radio an impromptu wrestling conversation and iwc for the iwc make sure you're going to the chairshot.com and enjoy your day the chair shot way by always using your head have a good one ChairShot.com. Always use your head. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.